This is WMNF Tampa. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. I say it's all right. Hello, and welcome to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5, where every Monday, 11 till 12, we bring you a conversation with local experts on sustainable issues. Today, we're talking with Jillian Child about her invention of the Florida Farm Finder and how you can find food and things directly from a farmer. Um, I am the host today by myself, Annie Ellis. Irene is taking your calls, and Mr. Bill Grace, is, of course, is working the boards and doing everything else that keeps me in line. There you go. Yeah, and I appreciate it. So, uh, also, just to say, Kenny's uh, out of town. He is out of the country, in fact, uh, and he will be gone uh, for this week and the next week, but then he'll be back uh, again to join us. And we miss you, Kenny. We can't wait to see you again. So uh, I just wanted to welcome you to the show, Jillian. Uh, she's live here. Thank you so much, Annie. This is an amazing opportunity. I'm really excited to be here. We're really happy to see you. And you know, it's so much better when you're person. Oh, yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. So much better. Especially after the last three years, I'm kind of tired of Isn't Zoom. Isn't it the truth? Mm-hmm. I know. Isn't it the truth? I just like doing anything in person nowadays. Um, so, but you know what I was, we just talked about this a minute ago, but when I was writing the script, um, I don't really know that much about you and your background, um, so I wanted you to just tell us right off, you know, a little bit about yourself before we get to talking about the Florida Fine Finder organization. Like, sure. You know, where you're from, your background. Absolutely. Um, so I was born on nine acres in upstate New York, and I spent a lot of time as a child raising chickens, planting vegetables in my garden, uh, doing all of those things with my parents, uh, raising pigs and uh, doing all of the fun agritourism stuff that comes along with upstate New York, apple picking, uh, farm tours, all of that sort of thing. And when I was 10, we decided that we were going to go to Disney World, and then we never left. We ended up moving down here <laughs> on a Disney permanent World. basis. Yes, ma'am. Uh, there was a little bit of an economic shift in our home state at that time, and uh-huh. business got bad for my dad. So we shifted down here in 95, and I became a full-blown beach rat. We lived in the Palm Beaches for much of my formative years. Um, after that, graduated high school, uh, joined the military, got out of the military, and then moved on toward retail operations. Um, And then when I met my husband, I had a small child of my own and we moved to the Port St. Lucie area. And I realized that I was looking for an opportunity for my kids to experience that same childhood that I had. But unfortunately, there's not much that you can find for you pick, especially apples (laughs) in, you know, in this area. I question the apple exactly. But um, so, you know, it, it was surprising to me that we had such little opportunity because because yeah. agriculture is such a huge part of Florida's, Florida's it is, history, right? You know, and um, living there for several years, we then shifted to Polk County, where there is a lot more agriculture than the coastal regions. And I was surprised to see still that it was it was still hard to find a UPIC farm and to kind of get an idea of those opportunities on a regular basis. 
Um, and then I connected with the local homesteading community, began raising a lot of my own food and meats and stuff, and became more integrated within that system in the right. Tampa Bay area. Once you start to meet people, then that just trickles down oh, yes. into Absolutely. you meet everybody. The opportunities yeah. explode. There's connections everywhere. Exactly. And um, I started working with Bob's Berries out of Tampa. Oh, he's so great. Oh, yes, I love Rob. And uh, I started doing his events. He does a spring opening yes. every year. And he did not used to. And then he started doing them. And mm -hmm. they've become quite large and very good. Oh, yes, yes. Huge fan of that spring open. It's an amazing mm -hmm. event. And so we built that together over the years. And then, you know, 2020 dropped on us. And I was scrolling through Facebook and looking at... Um, you know, pictures of farmers tilling their crops under because they had no one to harvest rotting, and no one to transport. On the ground. And then just underneath that is posts from food banks where the lines are miles and miles long. And I was just shocked that there was no way to bring those two so groups you together. Are the person in your you looked at that and you went, there is a way to connect the dots here. Yes, ma'am. And then you knew how to do that. And mm -hmm. I'm interested in I can. I know that you just have a lot of gumption. You know, you're a real self-starter, and I get that. But you had to know a little bit about having to being able to put that together. Did you? Or yes. Tell me how that occurred. Sure. So prior to Florida Farm Finder, I was an admin for a large group called Florida Urban Homesteading, which brought a lot of that community together, and that's where the roots really came from. Okay. Um, and then you know, I learned you know, cut my teeth, you could say, on building a group and building the community that would be engaging with that type of a lifestyle. And then once I had the, the foundation for those connections and networks, I started, originally Florida Farm Finder was just going to be a way for my friends and family in Polk County to connect with produce opportunities. Like because 40 people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah, maybe a little regionally I was where I was going to start uh, because there was so many pop-ups as the larger farmers figured out ways to distribute those crops and we started doing delivery systems and boxes to, to bring those to direct to the people. I wanted to make sure that all of my friends and family knew about all these amazing opportunities. So I started sharing that content in. And then we were like, well, what about Tampa? What about Orlando? Let's right. stretch it out a little bit. So we stretched to Central Florida. And then one day I was like, you know, let's just see what else we can find. So I started searching Facebook top to bottom with various keywords and counties and just started sharing pages from all over the state. And now uh, almost four years later, it'll be four years in March, we are 60, almost 63,000 strong. 63,000 strong. What mm -hmm. does that mean? So we have 63,000 members in members. our Facebook group that are looking for farmers, farm direct product every single day. That is incredible. Yes, ma'am. That is a huge number. And and do they regularly use it? We actually have a really good engagement rate. I am surprised because I really kind of thought we would make ourselves a little bit not necessary. You come yeah, in, you find what you need, after follow yeah. your pages, and then you never have to come back and see us again. But we, we have so many great discussions. And as seasons change and new opportunities come up, it always inspires new conversations. So uh -huh. we really have a huge, um, you know, wealth of resources that people keep coming back to. So you have um, a huge amount, like you said, the wealth of resources. So do you know a number of the farmers or the livestock dealers or all the other different type of uh, folks that are in your group that are the suppliers of these demands? It's hard to tell. I would say on a regular basis, we probably have between 200 and 300 small farms interacting regularly with wow. our audience, depending on the season and their availability. 
Um, but it's hard to tell because we share content from people that might not even know we are a thing, depending on how much time they actually spend on Facebook. That's a lot of the reason that we even exist is because farmers really don't have time to do the marketing no, and the self-promotion that is required to get their information out there on a regular basis. So we kind of stepped in and said, hey, let's see what we can do to build the community and push them toward you. Funnel these people who are looking for your product right to you. It's pretty amazing to me that that you, uh, I don't know, just that you said, I can do this. I mean, I love that about humans. Aww, you know, you. I mean, special humans that just say, yeah, I can do this. This doesn't look like I... This is not an undoable thing, you know, and you just jumped in and just got busy. Yeah, it was, I think I kind of fell into it. I call it an accidental influencer Mm -hmm. career because I didn't know I would come anywhere near what we have now. Originally, I was just going to share some information with my friends. It sounded simple (laughs) at the time, Exactly. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. And now I, you know, now I'm constantly, you know, just constantly bringing in resources and talking to people and connecting with people. It's been such an incredible journey. I would imagine that's a huge job for Mm -hmm. the administrator. Are you the only administrator? Oh, no, ma'am. No, I have about 15 people in the sidelines keeping track of everything for me. That's really good. I love my admins and moms. I'm very happy that they help me. It makes a huge difference when you have people that know what they're doing. Well, you taught them what to do. Mm-hmm. And know. they have to protect the content. We Correct. we have, a because we are such a large public group on Facebook, we get a lot of outsiders that are not uh, looking for the content that we are. They're looking to spam. It's more spam of a, tr- a or, troll situation. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, you so have to be really it, on top of that. And we have to keep it safe. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you do. Yeah, you do. And, and then also, uh, you have to keep it uh, clean in the sense that people don't want to uh, go on the site and see all that garbage. Exactly. You know, when, it, when it's not monitored correctly, that, that stuff is just all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not what you went there for. No. And we've built such a strong community that even members who do not have that admin or mod position will step yeah. in and say, hey, Jillian, something's going on here. Right. What is this? That's not real. Don't look at that. You know, right. even, you know, if for the small chance that I'm sleeping and <laughs> didn't catch something. <laughs> Between her kids right. and, and her full-time job yes, and ma'am. this. Uh, yeah, she squeezes in a little sleep. <laughs> Occasionally. Yeah, that's funny. So how do people get involved with this? I mean, how could they become a member or how do they check it out to see if they want to become a member or, you know, just test the waters a little bit? Oh, of course. You know? Yeah, we are a public group. So you are not required to join to see our content, but it definitely helps. Yeah. Um, it, the idea that you would just jump on Facebook, search for our group. You can search under Florida Farm Finder or small farms are kind of a big deal. And you'll find us there. Click that, the join button. That's spelled D-I-L-L. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Okay. Not big deal, big deal. It right. was a play on words. I love pickles. So <laughs> it was a play on words at the time. Really caught on. Yeah. But um, you can join the group um, and then you can either scroll through the available content that we've posted most recently or use our search feature at the top of the group to type in a keyword for a product that you're looking for or a county that you are interested in and everything that we have shared with those tags will show up. You can bring up recent information by using the recent tab and then you can just literally click follow, follow, follow as you scroll and all of those pages are then added to your feed so you have a direct connection with that and that's that's the best way to get information 
information from farmers. That is amazing. So then once you have connected to, because I love the idea that you can look for the county because then you can look for the things that are in your area, which makes it a lot more realistic. Exactly. Yes. And especially with a seasonal product, you can't always get what you're looking for 100% of the time right. year round. And it's helpful to follow those pages on a long-term basis. I always say, you know, don't come to us if you want to do something today. I'm giving you an opportunity to follow up on later. Yeah. Put this in your pocket. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. You have the resource now. Right. This is what's around you. So that, uh, I'm going to jump around here. So that brings me to the point of, uh, of eating uh, seasonally. Mm -hmm. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure, of course. Um, you know, we are a grocery store culture, especially down here in Florida. Convenience is a huge part of the culture down here. But a lot of what people don't understand about getting a farm direct product is that we don't always have everything all year Right, round. it's not like going to a grocery store. Right, no, and Florida does have an amazing growing cycle. You yes. know, we do crank out more than most any area because of our beautiful weather and the opportunities that we have with our seasons. But there is still a lot of shifts. The average product is probably between two and maybe three months of time for production, and then they move on to the next crop. Right. So it's hard for people who, you know, they write a shopping list and they say, okay, this is what I want and this is what I'm going to get from the store. Right. It's more of a, you know, let's find what's available now. Let's learn about what's available now, and not just in terms of having access to that product, but you also get a fresher product. It's more sustainable. It's, it's fantastic. That's exactly what I wanted to just touch on because, you know, when you're getting... Um, tomatoes grown out of season, you're getting them sent from somewhere, which is going to be a huge carbon footprint for Absolutely. them to get to you, first off. And the other thing is they're picked green, they're ripened possibly with gases, mm -hmm. and they are refrigerated. So tomatoes change texture when they're refrigerated immediately. Oh, absolutely. You know, I don't put a tomato in a fridge ever. And so then the other part is, is that you know, if you are a person that grows things, then you start to get a handle on what is seasonal. Mm -hmm. You you will know what grows at what time of the year. Absolutely. And so even it, and then if you aren't a grower and then you start to learn this, it, you might become one. Oh, yes. Yes. A lot of people are inspired by it and say, oh, OK, I could do that. I could yeah. grow my own little kitchen herb garden or I could grow those collards. It's a super easy product. You throw it in the ground and you get collards for months, you know, and that's like I always call that the gateway drug to, to growing your own collard greens. Absolutely. <laughs> They're so the easy. Gateway. Yes. And you also get the benefit of growing them during the winter season and they are cold friendly. So, you know, it's, it's just an amazing opportunity. A lot of people are inspired by the content to say, yes, we could potentially grow our own or learn more about how to do that or get involved with a community garden. Exactly. You know? Community gardens are booming nowadays. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. You know, uh, I don't think that I even announced uh, to this uh, of where our phone number and all that sort of thing. So let me go and, and go ahead and do a reintroduction. Uh, you're listening to the the Sustainable Living Show uh, from the studios of WMNF in Tampa. Today, we're talking with Julian Childs about her invention of the Florida Farm Finder and how you can find food and things directly from a farmer. Give us a call at 813-239-9663. Text us at 813-433-0885 or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org and we will read it on the air. I'm going to run those numbers again, 813-239-9663. 
text is 813-433-0885. And you can send us an email at dj at wmnf.org. So we love to interact with our listeners. So please feel free to do so. Um, so we were just talking about doing gardening. And so it, I, was re- I was really thinking about uh, like people are getting food but they don't you guys uh, advertise like I mean don't you have like um, tools and job opportunities and different things like that available too? Oh, absolutely, okay. yes, ma'am. Because of the amount of content we cover, uh, what I've done is basically shift my entire Facebook feed toward farmers. I unfollowed as much as I could to make more room for farm pages so that I could bring more content to my audience. And in doing so, was then exposed to things like hiring opportunities, um, internships, uh, you know, uh, the availability to actually live on a farm, people looking for long-term staffing. So we even created a hashtag for that called oh, hashtag nice. AgJobsFL. And you can type that into Facebook and search our content there. Every time I find a new opportunity, I just go ahead and share it on our actual page. You won't find that in the group. That's on my Facebook business page. Um, but we also have Brand Building by Florida Farm Finder. That's where all of my producers come in. And uh, every new market that I find that pops up, I share that in. New vending opportunities, small little pop-up markets that are looking for vendors, or even, um, you know, regular markets like produce stands that are looking for new vendors, new product. I throw all of that into there. Um, uh, we also host events throughout the year. Not as much this year, but we have in previous years. Well, I know that you, you do an annual uh, thing, don't you, every year? Are you going to be doing that again? Yep, yep. That is the Meet Florida Meet. So a couple of years ago, uh, we asked how many people would be interested in coming out and buying their meat in bulk all in one location? If I could bring a lot of ranchers and farmers together to provide bulk product, would people be interested in coming out to fill out their freezer? Because that's really not on the brochure when you move to Florida. And people responded amazingly. We had thousands of people our first year in 2021. Yes, ma'am. And we have... uh, in some cases doubled or tripled our attendance and sales from year to year. Our last year here at Long and Scott Farms, we sold probably close to $32,000 worth of product. That's interesting. Now, you know, I'm not a big meat eater. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I know a lot of people that aren't. Mm -hmm. So in those, uh, in that, that, um, event that you have, do you have connectors for people for vegetables or is it strictly a meat? Oh, no. We have every commodity that I could oh, possibly okay. get my hands on. Uh, meat was definitely the the biggest draw because it is such a unique opportunity. Yes. People do come f- to stock up and, and that is the most sustainable way to buy meat because it you really don't have, is. it's, you know, morals and ethics and standards. It's a really a great way to be introduced to bulk purchase of meat. But we do offer fresh produce. We offer a variety of handmade and homemade goods, baked goods. I had uh, almost 70 vendors this last year in uh, November at Long and Scott, and it was incredible. I'm sorry, excuse me, Great Scott Farms now, but it was just incredible. Yes, they just changed all Uh, of their branding around. I like that. Mm That's a lot catchier, isn't it? I love it. So that's great because then the people that go to those events, they can connect with the person that is the vendor mm-hmm. and then just continue to connect with them directly. Exactly. Yeah. And it See, really that's what's so nice. the opportunity. You take out, after you do be, after you're done being the middleman, mm-hmm. you remove yourself from being the middleman mm-hmm. because you're not making anything off this. Right. Is it strictly nonprofit for you? This is strictly to help people 
to really eliminate the middleman, isn't it? Essentially, yes, we are a 100% volunteer effort. I have a couple of, uh, I have a Patreon fund where they help me cover my web expenses for my website and sort of thing, but it's all been completely crowdfunded thus far. Um, we are a 100% volunteer effort and uh, we really try to make ourselves, you know, a link to that type of lifestyle, but we try to keep ourselves in the loop as well because it's, you know, I still every day get new opportunities. I just had a farmer from North Carolina the other day email me and say, hey, I'm looking for a direct partnership because wholesale opportunities have really reduced the quality of the product that I'm seeing here recently. Can you find someone for me that I can partner with? And that's a huge opportunity, and I just spread the word. <laughs> that's great because, you know, though I am not a meat eater uh, in general, the, the buying a, a whole cow or a half cow or, you know, half of a, an, whatever animal that you're going to be, I don't like to really go into that because it kind of hurts me a little bit. I understand. But uh, if you're going to do that, you know the farmer yes. that raised that animal, yep. and they're not going through this huge trauma of all these animals going into this horrible slaughterhouse situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and those animals generally have just a much better life. Yes, the quality of life is is a significant, significantly different experience from a pasture-raised animal to something that's processed in a large barn setting. Right. Um, you also have the opportunity to customize what you get from that animal. You know, you can work with the farmer and say, hey, I don't want grain finishing. I would prefer a complete oh. grass finish. Or you can say no antibiotics, no vaccines. You can work with your farmer directly to, you know, customize what mm-hmm. you get so that the end product fits your needs as a family. It's not going to the store and saying, okay, yeah, I guess that'll work. I'm going to look at the labels on that and assume that's what I'm getting. And assume. You actually know. Yeah. You you actually know and you work with the farmer hand in hand. And it's a personal thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, then it becomes uh, you know, person to person, which I love because that's what that's what's lost in this interaction with the people that are growing the food of whatever level of food that is, mm-hmm. and then the people that are consuming the food, which is all of us. Right. And so when you start to understand really how hard it is to grow things. To get it ready, you're probably a little bit more, I don't know, compassionate and and perhaps more generous with the farmer financially. Oh, yes. You know, though you're going to save because you're not going to have that middleman, mm-hmm. you would still be able to be more generous directly yes. to the person that's doing the work. Well, yeah. And, and just the trade-off in dollars that stay local when you purchase from a local business rather than a chain operation you know, the the difference there, it's, it's you know, 60% of your dollars will stay in the local area if you choose to support a local business rather than choosing a chain. You're not putting dollars in a shareholder's third vacation home. You are put, <laughs> literally putting some child through ballet classes or summer yeah. camp or putting groceries on their own table. Right. And it, it just seems... The connection that you can make with that farmer can last you years and years and years. Your entire life. Yes. I mean, this is what it used to be like. You know, people would maybe trade items, you know, like people would grow a certain thing and then they would trade with their other farmer that was close by Mm -hmm. uh, for whatever they grew. And Mm -hmm. so people would just have that 
human interaction all the time. And it's not always a dollars for product opportunity. There no, are work trade. exchanges. We absolutely still can offer bartering from a lot of farmers in the area. Uh, work share, work exchange is still a huge thing. Um, community supported agriculture, CSA shares, uh, opportunities oh, that cool. include delivery. That is all available to I us I didn't here know in that state. you're, uh, you're uh, I, I have a CSA that I get from someone, but I do like it a lot mm-hmm. So because you know that you're going to have that every week. Mm-hmm. You don't know exactly what's going to be in it because it's going to be whatever they have that's growing. Right. Yeah. But then again, if you know what's seasonal, you know what you're going to get sort of, kind of. Right. And there's also the opportunity to expand your uh, capacity for food. You know, you're, if it's something that you've never tried before, you can take the time to learn about that food product and create a recipe that will work for your family or just experiencing new things. That's probably one of the best parts about eating seasonally and changing from going to the grocery store with a list to going to the farmer's market with an open mind. It really expands the opportunity that you have to eat new and different things. Yeah, and you want to expand your palate, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, well, as a kid, I didn't like a lot of things. And I got to tell you why. My mother overcooked it. Mm-hmm. She put meat in it, and she salted the heck out of it. So there was things I lo- love now that I didn't like then mm-hmm. because it was overly prepared. You know, it's just funny. Well, it's funny. We were talking about mushrooms just a minute yes. ago. And up until just a couple of weeks ago, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan because of, you know, memories of giant portobello steaks just sitting oh, at yeah. it on my table. And I'm making just like, you oh. eat it. Yeah. But I had an opportunity to uh, go to a farm to table event hosted by the Walk and Talk podcast a couple of weeks ago nice. in uh, Odessa at Cahaba Club Herbal Outpost. And it was a fantastic experience that changed a lot of my thinking about something that I have been militantly against Mm -hmm. eating for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. I actually ate mushrooms willingly, and a lot of people are laughing right now because they know how I feel about them. (laughs) But you were only, you were forced to eat this thing. Mm -hmm. And portobellas are strong. Yes. And they're meaty (laughs) and they're big. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you can dress them up like a pizza, though, and kind of hide that fact Mm -hmm. if you want for kids. I mean, that helps a lot. But yeah, you know, uh, I mean, we were talking, like you said, we were talking about mushrooms. I mean, my favorite is um, is oyster mushroom, and mm-hmm. that I don't even put with other food because mm-hmm. it's so delicate and mm-hmm. so delicious. Uh, you know, I just use olive oil or butter with salt and pepper, I mean, and just... It doesn't even make it to the plate, let's face it. <laughs> I just eat it out of the pan. Yep. I mean, it, that's really, I don't even share that stuff. If I'm going to share it, it's you better be a real special friend. That's well, and if sure. you're getting it direct, it's so fresh that it's hard to oh, yeah. stop the temptation, you know? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. You have to get mushrooms fresh, mm-hmm. they're just, unless they're dried, of course. But we, had a, we have a text message, and it's from Dooley Groves, You Pick Citrus, Homegrown Honey Bells. You have any I love Dooley. Yes, she's a, a huge participator in our group and constantly shares her U Pick product. I know she's got U Pick Honey Bells right now. I've been seeing her. I love her Honey Bells. Yep, and she's in Ruskin. Oh, and okay. y'all are definitely welcome. I think she's open almost every day of the week for U Pick Honey Bells right now. So you would look up Dooley Groves mm-hmm. online. Yes, ma'am. That's fantastic. Yep. Thank you so much. What was her name? Oh, goodness. Well, whoever you are, Miss Dooley Groves, thank you for writing in. I really appreciate that. Um, I hope you get some business from it. <laughs> I hope they share. Whoever goes up there shares with you. I might go up there. I love honey bears. Oh, and it's Ruskin. It's just down the road. Yeah, Ruskin's close. Yeah. That's no big deal at all. 
So uh, I'll have to look that up. Let me write it down, actually. So uh, let me go ahead, since we're not getting a lot of, uh, of uh, call, we're not getting any call-ins, uh, give us a call. We're talking with Julian Childs, uh, Better Invention of the Florida Farm Finder. This is a sustainable living show from the uh, studios of WMNF in Tampa, 88.5. And we're talking about how you can find food and things directly from a farmer. Give us a call at 813-239-9663. Text us at 813-433-0885 or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org and we'll, we'll read it on the air. Uh, I was really, I was very surprised that it continued on. I thought it was just going to be a COVID thing mm-hmm. and it was just going to be the very beginning, you know, like we thought that was going to last a month, right? But maybe because it lasted so long, people became entrenched in it and started to learn the way it went. Is that what you think? Well, I think two things happened. Yes, there was a huge cultural shift post-pandemic. You know, a lot of people stuck inside for a long time and then excited to get out and explore the state, but stay close to home. And then we also have these huge economic shifts in the last couple of years where people are still very uncertain about what's going to happen next, and they are looking for better resources that are, again, closer to home. But a third thing is that there's been a lot of distrust of major corporations in the last couple of years, and people really want to know more about what they are putting in their bodies, especially with the pandemic and the, you know, the the concerns that people have about what they consume now, I think that has come to the forefront of our minds a lot more. So we look for a direct product where we can get answers and ask those questions. And you can't really do that. You know, you can't ask the stock clerk who's putting the meat on the shelves, where did that package come from? And people want to know those things. I went into a a restaurant. I met with a bunch, a lot of women the other night and um, ate at this restaurant. And I eat really well and very clean and I went in there, and I couldn't eat anything they had. And, uh, I mean, it was just atrocious. And it was, it's sort of like a fancy fast food place. I'm not going to name it because it's not good to do that. But nonetheless, everybody else liked it but me. Mm-hmm. So what I, uh, I ordered a milkshake. Well, I asked the lady there, what's in it? She went, I don't know. Because mm. you know it wasn't ice cream. <laughs> That it wasn't. I can tell you, I tasted it. I ate about, about, I don't know, a quarter, and that was it for me. But plus it's in plastic. You know, I couldn't bear that. That was mm. killing me right there. So, uh, so yeah, we're, you know, when you are shopping, I mean, how do you save uh, when you're shopping direct? And then also, what questions should you ask your farmer about this? Sure, absolutely. So Florida, you know, they have an amazing growing season and there's a lot of opportunity for fresh product most of the year. I would say nine to 10 months out of the year, you can access fresh product, whether it comes from the southern part of the peninsula or the panhandle. And there's a range of between two to four months as the seasons kind of roll up the state. So Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to watch that happen. But as those seasons change, you can take the opportunity to purchase bulk product or seasonally available product. And if a season is especially flush, then you have the opportunity to save because there is more product available. So one of the best parts about eating seasonally is that you have the opportunity to save and get maximum freshness each purchase. But aside from that, when you purchase in bulk quantity from a small farmer, that is your opportunity for the greatest savings. There is a lot of work and planning involved in Mm -hmm. not only obtaining but storing and preserving that product. It's not the same as going to the store and filling 
filling your fridge every week. It's a totally different or lifestyle twice a week. shift. Or twice a week, <laughs> right? Or, or every day, some right. people. some people. But you can, um, you have to think a little bit more about the process and there's definitely a lot more labor involved, but the savings that you get out of that from purchasing that seasonal product in bulk mm-hmm. is, is a hugely different opportunity. You know, we, we come from backgrounds where our grandmothers and great-grandmothers canned for, you know, they had product for years from one batch Always. of fresh veggies and we've really stepped away from that. So yeah. we're kind of bringing it back. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I remember sitting on the porch with my grandmother shelling peas. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I probably didn't shell a lot, but, you know, she sat there with me. And, and also the other thing is, is there was a, a lot of uh, intellectual exchange. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about people and things uh, mm-hmm. and about her and her family while we were sitting there. Yeah, well, those I, are social gatherings. Exactly, absolutely. exactly. And I, I remember making um, corn uh, husk dolls mm-hmm. uh, while we were husking the corn. Mm-hmm. I, I think I probably husk a few and then started making dolls. But still, same thing. I was there with her, and I remember she made cream corn from that. She would scro- you know, scrape off all the corn mm-hmm. and then freeze it. Mm-hmm. We, she did a lot of freezing. And then, you know, today... Uh, you can dehydrate. I don't think people dehydrated as much back oh, in yes. the day. But now people are really, you can buy those little dehydrators or even do it in a very low and slow oven mm-hmm. and get a lot out of your product. Mm-hmm. You can dehydrate a ton of stuff. Oh, yeah. And people have adapted to freeze drying now freeze as drying. well. There's there's way more opportunity and a lot more ease in preserving that product than there was several decades ago. Right. You're not in the kitchen boiling those cans the whole day. Exactly. You know, after, but those are delicious because I know I, we used to get a lot of canned goods from my grandmother that she made. And they were in jars, basically, and they were just delicious. But, um, you know, it's funny because I think that people um, are, hey, you know what? I just learned that we have a call. We have two calls, so I better be paying attention. <laughs> Thank you, Bill, for letting me pay attention. Uh, let me just go ahead and uh, and get Tom first. Uh, from St. Pete. Tom? Oh, Tom, I hung up on you. I pressed the right, the red button. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Please, are you there? I am. Oh, yay, we saved it. Yahoo. <laughs> Tom, I'm so glad <laughs> we didn't lose you. Yeah, me too. And um, uh, I got a problem. Okay. And, and, and I have a solution. All right. Because um, I learned to never come up with a problem if you're not going to think about the solution. Uh, but first, I just want to uh, remind everybody that fermenting is a great way to preserve things, and you get a bunch of added benefits of it, too. And uh, fermented green beans, when those green beans are in season, uh, you ferment them, they are just the most delicious, pickly kind of thing that you could ever have. Um, otherwise, uh, my problem is uh, I'm uh, kind of uh, almost completely transitioned over to being an e-biker. Uh, I put uh, thousands more miles on my e-bike last year than on my Jeep, and I don't want to drive any more than I have to. Good for you. Uh, uh, And I'm in St. Pete. Uh, So that's my problem is, uh, uh, you know, especially to drive weekly. (laughs) You know, I love Ruskin. I've got some great friends over there, but I'm not going there every week, and it's not going to happen. So my solution is, um, I did miss the first uh, few minutes of the show, so maybe you mentioned this or something, but... Sure seems like, you know, some entrepreneur could come along and, uh, you know, either take pre-orders and... and, You know what? They do. There's delivery services. There's CSAs. There's pre-orders. That is available. 
So if you if you go to Florida Farm Finder, if you go to Florida Farm Farm Finder and punch that in in your search, you're going to find all that. Absolutely, okay. especially if you do a search for St. Pete, because they do have a lot of uh, an amazing, a couple of weekly markets in that area. But it's also a question of building your own community around you. If you struggle to get to the farmer, it's a little bit harder for a smaller operation to come to you. And there are opportunities for those service providers to fill that gap. But most importantly, uh, bring your family, friends, and neighbors into that equation and do a joint trip yes. or purchase enough where you're not having to go every week. And then, yeah, you know, kickstart that fermentation process. I'm right there with you about the pickled green beans. I that's love fantastic. pickled green beans. They're but delicious. But that's another way that you can, you know, kind of spread that expense by carpooling or, or you know, sending a friend or family member or neighbor who's interested in, in making that part of the journey with you. Well, I, I personally do that as well. I have, uh, I get CSAs and I get pick them up from my friends and neighbors. Sometimes they even split them. Mm-hmm. And then I also used to do with that with bread and milk and eggs and everything. So, but I didn't, I bought a ton of stuff, but I didn't eat it all. And Tom, if you're looking for a delivery service in your area, keep an eye on Olivor Heritage out of Dover. How they do you spell that? O-L-I-V-O-R. They are expanding their delivery options all the time. And I believe right now they already come into St. Pete. So they may be able to provide fresh organic product and uh, meats and all sorts of goodies for you there. Olivor Heritage. They have a market and a butcher shop in Dover, but they are offering delivery in your area now. Does that help you? Well, you know, I'm kind of hearing two different things here. So let me just uh, see if I can clarify this a little bit. Okay. Um, So I heard Olivar. It will bring the food from over there so that, you know, we don't have to have a thousand people from St. Pete driving, you know, and we could have, you know, one or two trucks right here. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm trying to get at here. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, is all is there are there others aside from all of our or is this an opportunity for some, um, you know, civic organizations to, to get a van together and go do what I was talking about? It is definitely an opportunity for local organizations to partner with small farms in the area, especially in that area because there's a huge demand for fresh product in Pinellas County. Um, the, the traveling distance is definitely a huge roadblock. I get a lot of commentary from people who live in west uh, eastern Tampa area that don't want to make the drive out to the St. Pete markets, but they know that there's a lot of product availability there. Um, the I think that is something that could definitely be explored. I think that there was a lot more delivery opportunity in previous years, and that has kind of died off a little bit as we get further and further away from the chaos and urgency of the early pandemic days. But there, the expense for the farmer, I think, is the biggest roadblock for offering regular delivery access to the product. So I hope that we helped you, and I hope that maybe you can put yourself together with some friends and y'all can figure out uh, a way to manage that. But we have somebody waiting, yep. and they've yep. been waiting thank almost. You very much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling thank you, in. Tom. Everybody pitch in. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Bye-bye. See ya. Okay, Dave in Ruskin. We were just talking about Ruskin. Must your ears be burning? Yeah, that's it. It was burning all right. I, <laughs> uh, well, I just, to touch on the Ruskin thing, if you're going to go down to Dooley Groves, it's a great day. They got a, uh, It's all interactive with the kids. Uh, they got a good farmer's market. They teach a lot. There's a guy around the corner that sells clams. 
Oh. Uh, if you go if you go across the street, there's on Cockroach Bay Road. There's uh, Leonard Farms. Yes. They sell they sell tom- Ruskin tomatoes and greens, and that's good too. So if you go if you end up going down 41, uh, there's a there's a lot right there. And I guess that brings me into my point. I I heard uh, Farm Finder, but so CSAs and co-ops are kind of the way to do all this and kill two birds with one stone. But you don't, there's not, I don't really find in my travels an organized list that's, you know, alphabetical or any kind of geography because we're the largest cattle producing state, we're the largest farm producing state. If Unless I go to Detweiler's Market in Palmetto, I don't really see very many fresh from Florida options in my stores. And I'll hang up and listen. Well, did you, just first off, before you leave, did you listen to the first part of the show that we... I, I'm, I might have missed that. Okay, so <laughs> the name of her, her whole thing is Florida Farm Finder. Yep, okay. Dave, if, if you're on Facebook, please join us in the group. You can type in your area, whether it's Manatee or Hillsborough, and we can link you with a lot of direct producers in your area. But that is definitely something that I would love to chat about. The... Constant demand. I get it all the time. What can we get a spreadsheet? Can we get a list? Can we get a a, a directory of producers in the area? And I will be the first one to tell you that the state of Florida offers a number of spreadsheets for farm direct opportunity. Our options online, our group where the magic happens is more of the ability to connect you with a direct information link to a specific producer I do not want to be in charge of monitoring and maintaining the data that comes along with those lists because it changes so frequently with a seasonal product. But we can definitely put you directly in touch with the small producers in your area so that you can follow along with them and get their information as soon as it's provided. Because, again, social media is the best way to stay in touch with small farms. And, you know, one of the things that just uh, made me think about it is the other guy that just called – or, no, you did you say – are you the person that just said there's a place across the street that has clams? There's another place that has the tomatoes. Yeah. See, and so I mean, that right there, if you talk to another farm, you find the farmer on this by looking, doing a search in your area, and then you can talk to them about what's in around them. Yeah. You know, we oh, just yeah. start I mean, to open the you, conversation, right? Well, and we do that too. To, go ahead. Sorry, if you come, if you come down to Ruskin. I'll tell you everywhere you need to go. But. See? Well, see, you need to join, join. Dave. Make a post in my group. Yeah. Tell me about everybody in your area. I would love to have you do that, that for That would us. be great. Especially since you have first-hand information. That would be super. You just go oh, on yeah. there. I know I know where the cheapest eggs are all of Yeah. And, you know, just go on online, go to the Facebook, look that, do a search for uh, Florida Farm Finder, mm-hmm. and then you can uh, join it. Uh, it, it just takes a few minutes to get on. Oh, seconds, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and then you can follow it, and then you'll start getting information sent to you whenever something comes up. Yeah. But, yeah, that'd be Thanks. great. You could be a, of service right now. I would now. love you to have you join service. us, Dave. Thank you, ladies. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. That was very good. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes up so much sense about how, you know, like we said before, the conversation isn't open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are losing touch with everybody and how that all works. Mm-hmm. And just listening to him, he just told us three things just off the bat mm-hmm. of what is in that area. And I'm sure every single one of these farmers or people on on your uh, list mm-hmm. 
know all their people around them and what they offer. Well, and that was a lot of of it. Well, that was one of the most surprising things coming into it. I kind of assumed that they did know about each other, but they don't. They did, or at least early on, that we've had so many amazing collaborations and uh, small markets that are locally focused that now have a greater access to product in their local area and can put small product direct on their shelves. That's interesting. So you're saying they didn't know their next door neighbor, which a lot of people are, see again, uh, my whole street, I know everybody, mm-hmm. of course, because I'm just a friendly person. But I can tell you that a lot of those other, a lot of people in my neighborhood don't know anybody else mm-hmm. because they don't interact. And so you put that together. Well, yeah. And, and you know, you're going to know the people in your area because a lot of farms interchange crop. If one person has a bad season for this, then they can go to their neighbor. But uh, expanding their distribution range has been a big benefit. You know, farms who were only operating in their home county in 2020 and 2021 are now expanding way beyond that because they see the demand in other areas for their product based on the information that they see in our group. So they're able to collaborate with other people. They can source product for their own things. They can, you know, if they don't carry a product, they can come in and say, hey, I need this, this, and this for season A and this, this, and this for season B. What do you guys have? Reach out to me. And the the collaborations are a really exciting part of what we've done. It's really cool to see those posts pop up later in the month after someone says, hey, I'm looking for X amount of product. What can you do with? And then several weeks later, there's an announcement about a newly labeled product that they just started because of their collaboration with this other farm or this other producer or this other baker. It's it's incredible. That's my favorite part. It is really when because, you know, it was always there, but they just needed that a person to cement it, you that know? That is, yes, that is, in a nutshell, that is what we do. It, it, they're out there. You just have to find them, and we bring them right to the front, <laughs> right I'm, to the forefront. I'm so happy that you did that. Thank you. I really am. I mean, it's just such a huge, huge thing uh, that you did for so many people, not just, I mean, right off the bat, of course, it's the consumers, but, you know, the farmers, they've expanded their sales. Mm-hmm. So they didn't even know how to do that because that's not their forte. They grow the, the crops, they grow the animals, they, they don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like you said earlier, they don't have the time to do it. Exactly, yes. A lot of them have, have business degrees and marketing degrees, but when you're out on the tractor eight hours a day. At and least. Then, exactly, at a minimum. And you're up from sundown to sunset and you do not have the time to sit on the computer and put together yet another Facebook post or a video or a clip. You know, it's hard to do. And we offer that opportunity to funnel those customers directly to them rather than them having to constantly re- reach out and say, hey, maybe I'll get an extra like on a post today. <laughs> an extra like. I know people live for those likes, don't they? It's it's a huge part of your <laughs> momentum. Want that emoji. Want that heart emoji. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's, it is interesting what you're talking about because I, I know that, you know, I know I'm, I'm hooked up to like you mm-hmm. are. And so I know all the farmers that I know that I need to get food from mm-hmm. and the bread makers and all that. So, and the egg people and all, and the meat people, all those folks. Uh, and it is amazing to me when, because I do know, and you know, uh, when someone says to me, well, there's not any of that around. And I'm like, there's one Meacham farms in 
downtown Tampa, mm-hmm. next to Ybor City. Come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right there. If you can't go there, I don't know what's up. I love Meacham. Absolutely. Yeah. They're actually going to be on the show in a little while. They're, they're great. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, they give people opportunities like the guy that does their honey. Mm-hmm. He was not a pro honey guy. Mm-hmm. You know, but they gave him the opportunity to, to put his bees and his hives there, mm-hmm. and now they sell his honey. Yep. See, it just opens up opportunities. It really does. You know, and you were also talking about, like, um, when people can live on the land, uh, that that's available for folks to be farm helpers. Yep, work exchange. Yeah, it's not a huge part of our group, but we do occasionally get requests for that kind of thing. People who either are nomadic and look for those opportunities on a permanent basis um, or farms who are looking for hands and help who need that help immediately and can post about their needs and their availability for an RV space or something like that. Um we try to stay focused more on food product and right. food availability, but that is something else that has popped up from time to time in group is is filling those those needs for the farmer or for the person seeking that opportunity. I mean, it's just a perfect placement, mm-hmm. you know, because I know, especially seasonally, you know, small farms don't need a huge amount of hands, but, you know, they need a, a few. Mm-hmm. And uh, for them to be able to, you know, go to a place that... Uh, that has those folks waiting that to do it. That brewing community, yep, yes. ready, ready to jump in with both feet. Yes, yep. I just love it. Now, uh, I'd like to just ask you if you'd like to talk about something that you think that we should talk about, uh, you know. Uh, honestly, I, I think just the, the sense of urgency that we should have in this state to support our small producers um, you know, we all always talk about how our developers are coming for every square inch of land that they could possibly get. And I'm going to tell you that our farmers and small producers are right there on the front lines with that battle. The developers are the ones waving the checks in their faces. And a lot of these people are getting older. The right. average age of the farmer is between 58 and 60 now. A lot of them, almost half, are female-owned now. That's good. And it's just been such a, a huge cultural shift in Florida where we we are trying to put as many people into the state as possible, which is great for a farmer who's looking for more customers, but they are also being pushed out of and off of their lands as they get to uh, to a point where they can no longer do the work or their their children or their the next generation is not as interested in continuing the amount of labor and expense that is required to grow a product in the state of Florida because of the pest pressure and the fungus and the crazy weather that we can have. So it's really, it's, we are at go time for those kinds of things. If we do not support those small producers, those are the people who are going to step in where the larger farmers are once they start to move on to bigger and better things or retire or get out of the work. And that, that is the next crop that we have. And if we don't support our small producers, we will lose them because that's it. That is our last link to direct farm product in Florida. Otherwise, you're going to have to go to the chain stores and hope that your product is there. I just went to Walmart the other day. There was not a single Florida orange in that store. Yeah, Everything was citrus. And I realize that a lot of Florida's citrus crop right now is for juice. I get that. But it was just very disheartening to see California fresh product all over our shelves. And there was not a, not even a tiny, well, you know, get it's, it's Walmart. Oh, well, True. Come on. True, but it was Bartow, <laughs> and they have a very strong, vigorous agricultural connection in that area, and it was a little with bit a disheartening. Corporate, with a corporate mm-hmm. store? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting to me. Yeah. That I was were... expecting maybe a little shelf that said, hey, Florida Fresh Florida. Product, but... 
Yeah. Nothing. Publix does a lot better. They definitely support a lot of the local producers when they can. But honestly, if you want fresh Florida direct product, go to a small produce stand. That guy on the side of the road, go to him. <laughs> yeah, you need to go to markets. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to make a connection. And and those on those guys on the side of the roads, you get the best stuff. You really do. I mean, when you see a sign that says boiled peanuts and he's just got a oh, tank in I his front yard, I mean, stop in and get it because it is delicious. That's my guilty pleasure, boiled it's peanuts. So good. so good. And, you know, it's from probably either from his farm or some guy he knew, mm-hmm. you know, that he did and he boiled it up and he's been doing it for a zillion years and probably it's his father, grandfather did it too. Well, and that's also something that I would love to touch on. A lot of people walk into those markets and say, okay, I'm looking behind your tent. Where do you grow all this stuff? And I would love to discuss the reseller because when we first started this, people were frustrated by stuff that came in a box or a crate. And I'm here to tell you that Florida product that comes direct from our larger farm producers comes in a box or a crate. (laughs) Not a lot of those small markets actually grow what they do because they have the availability from markets in Plant City and all over the state like Immokalee where they can go get that product and bring it and and resell it to the area. So just because it's in a box does not necessarily mean that it's coming from outside of our state or outside of our country. It's just not in their personal farm. Right, but you can also ask questions. That is so important. People just assume, okay, I'm going to move forward with this and and I'm not going to ask any questions, but please ask your farmer. If you have that opportunity, ask questions. Talk to Mm -hmm. each other, y'all. That's what we're talking about. Well, we are at the end of our program. I'm heartbroken. I would do this all day. Me too. (laughs) I just love talking to you. It's just, it's wonderful. How would, uh, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you or get on board, what would they do? They'd go to Facebook. Facebook is probably the best way to get a hold of me. You can make a post in group or you can email me, flfarmfinder at gmail.com. You can find me on TikTok, on Instagram as the Florida Farm Finder. You can find us there on almost any social media channel. Um, If you have questions, if you have something that you want to chat about, please reach out to me via email and I would love to discuss it with you. Yeah, she's very responsive too, Mm y'all. So go ahead. Thank you so much again for Absolutely. being here. I really Thank appreciate you. it. And Kenny, I'm so sorry I missed you. Yeah, we are. We're all missing you, Kenny. We can't wait. I know you're having a great time. I can't wait to see you back. I want to thank Irene and uh, for taking our calls and uh, Mr. Bill Grace again for working the boards and keeping me uh, on track. He is the conductor for sure. Um, And uh, if you enjoyed this show and our weekly content, please go to WMNF.org, donating through the tip jar and directing your donation to the Sustainable Living Show. Stay tuned. In the next hour, you will still... Excuse me. That's easy for me to say. Uh, You'll hear WMNF Community Speaks with Mobili. And make sure you turn in, tune in next Monday morning at 11 for the uh, next Sustainable Living Show. We will be talking with David Whitwan with Whitwan Organics, talking about seeds, plants, soil, and all uh, plant and gardening-related things. Follow our Facebook page, Sustainable Living WMNF, and uh, go to past shows, listen on demand. I'm Annie Ellis. Remember, if you're looking for someone to save the world, look in the mirror. Bye-bye. WMNF. Work. The smiles returning to the faces. You've been listening to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa.